You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, Sid Talk, the day is Monday, May the 10th, 2010, Mother's Day. No, it's not Mother's Day. It was Mother's Day yesterday for the United States of America. Correct. Um, I feel like it still is, actually. It's only one in the morning on Monday. So yeah. it's not like... Uh, well, this podcast is... It's not like Mother's Day is a long time ago. This podcast was scheduled for Sunday, May the 9th, Mother's Day. But we've been talking just amongst ourselves for like two hours. About now. our mothers. <laughs> not Not true. that I have a mother. That is not true. We have not been talking about our mothers. It wouldn't be a long conversation for me. <laughs> oh my god, don't be morbid. Or, oh. Anyway, I'm not being morbid, I'm being funny. Happy Mother's Day to my mother. And happy Mother's Day to my mother, who is wherever. She died. In the ground. Many years ago. <laughs> anyway, uh... Don't make it sound like it's funny. That's awful. Uh, oh, that's okay. not funny that anybody dies. I'm just trying to be jovial. I'm not going to go... Oh yeah, everybody's going to learn that. So hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is after the show number 121. The movie this week we're going to be looking at is Armageddon on Blu-ray disc. Um, and this is... A long-awaited Blu-ray disc. There's been a DVD version of Armageddon, which well, there's been two DVD versions of Armageddon, which I own both. One was the plain Buena Vista version, and one was the Criterion edition. Both suck. So, will the Blu-ray? Why do they suck? Because neither were proper widescreen, and they were both pretty poor transfers. Hmm. So, will this new version, Blu-ray? be better so yeah this is the blu-ray this is uh released in north america um on blu-ray tuesday the 27th of april so what a week ago last tuesday i don't know uh been at least a week yeah two weeks ago maybe so yeah it's available now anyway in north america it's from disney touchstone pictures and you're gonna tell us what it's about i <laughs> I have to tell you what Armageddon is about. Anybody who hasn't heard of it already. Well, people may not have seen it. That's, That's true. Reason. Armageddon stars Bruce Willis and uh, Ben Affleck. And there's a huge... Amongst others. Ast- yes, amongst many others with big names. A huge asteroid is headed toward the Earth. It's uh, cataclysmic, as they say. Uh, what do they call it? Armageddon. A world ender, something like that. And uh, somehow... The government, of, for some reason, only the American government seems interested in it, uh, according to this particular telling of the tale. They're the only which ones I who find have a bit NASA. Weird. They're not the only ones who have a space program. But that's beside the point. Um, someone has to figure out how to, I don't know, I don't know, blow it up. So they're going to send some dudes into space, some dudes who drill for oil, to drill into the asteroid, blow it up, and save the Earth. And in the process, we have lots of jokes and a romance and a father-daughter relationship and uh, Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> okay, so a uh, year of release for this movie was 1998. So you should have given the recap because you love this movie. Yeah, it was uh, released in 1998, uh, this movie. So, what, 12 years old? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was my worry. I mean, all right, I'll start off with... 
I really like Armageddon. It's one of the first DVDs I ever bought. It came out right when DVD came out. Um, so I have, I watched it a lot. I really like it. Because I mean, it came out also in a time period when we had lots of big action flicks just kicking that in. That summer was like the kick-in of yeah. all these really big action flicks. Now, what I was worried about, because I, I really like this movie a lot. I'm not saying it's a masterpiece or anything, because it's not. But as a movie, to go and have some fun and watch something really cool, it is good. What I was worried about, 1998, we've advanced a lot, I guess, in how movies look and sound, you know, hence Avatar from last week. I was thinking that it would be all janky and like, this is going to really not very look very good and the sets are going to be really poor. And But after watching it on Blu-ray, uh, this just now, um, I find that that wasn't the case at all. In fact, the special effects were better than some movies of today. They're pretty good. There were uh, There's a couple of really... Not many. Poor um, things on the set when they're on the asteroid. It's kind of like watching a 1950s movie with like shaky plastic stalagmites and shit poking up everywhere, whatever. Yeah, but it's practical stuff. It's not CG. Like that, that's right. What, I think it would have been worse if it was CG, but because it's practical stuff, they've got a set. And the CG stuff actually looked pretty good. Like the asteroids coming down and the... Yeah. Um, I mean, we're talking yeah, yeah. 12 years. And stuff we're talking it. CG from 12 years ago. And we've seen CG films, films with CG in them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the Hulk. <laughs> the, I know they can't even touch this movie. So I think a lot of it was done practically, though. You know, so that doesn't age as much. I mean, like it was like, think, you know, actual real things. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just green screen looking around. Because you can tell the asteroid set. It's not a green screen set. It's a right. built set that they're stood on. Um, but yeah, I was pleasantly surprised that it hadn't aged terribly. Now, it had aged... The beginning scene is kind of weird because it has the Twin Towers being mm-hmm. um, asteroided and they're all on fire and, you know, it kind of... Now, not that the filmmakers knew that that no, was going to happen, not. but it's, it's just... weird. And then... When the first asteroid comes out of the sky, the taxi driver says, uh, what does he say, Al-Qaeda's bombing us or something. Saddam Hussein is bombing us. Did he say that? Yeah, he shouts it. Like, he's oh, sad- I didn't even notice. Yeah, he shout- you know, this... And that's good, I get because, you know, 1998, that was when it was in starting to be in the news or, you know, terrorism. and So I guess it just reflects the time. So what I'm getting at there is maybe those scenes show the age of it more than the actual... Yeah. You know, special effects. The whole beginning part with the guy on the bike and shit. That get, I, I forgot about it, and I was like, "This is so lame." I, I really can't even believe. I it. really think, um, yeah, some. You know, it's it's Michael Bay style, and and it's the same in The Rock, and it's the same in Con Air, and there's you know, there's he has like a sensibility about him. But what I really like about Armageddon from that opening the speech um, part where it tells you explains where you're at the page you're on. What do you mean? Is it Charlton Heston's voice? Um, I think it maybe. is. Yeah, so like the beginning of the movie, uh, up to like the you know the first twenty minutes, the pace of it is fantastic. It makes you like, it makes you just, you know, excited that this this movie started. Like it, they, like he's not a slow build. See, I'd take out the comedy though the, of the beginning part. It makes it's real cheap. Now, I don't mind the comedy later, even the one-liners and stuff. It's a little flimsy, but because it's being done 
in the midst of a whole bunch of other stuff. I could. It's the could, same comedy that's in The Rock, and it's the same comedy that's in Con Air. It's, I mean, it's the same stuff. The beginning part isn't totally different. No, I mean, these just are the way, completely the erroneous characters just being. I don't know. It just wasn't funny, and it wasn't. I could have done without. Do you mean it, this guy at the beginning? Yeah, the guy on the bike, the cab driver, all that. It's just lame. It makes you. It's setting me up for like, oh, this movie's gonna be really stupid. But then it moves on. Now we watched there. another disaster movie last week. Not that we reviewed. We just watched another disaster movie, 2012. I think Armageddon pisses on it from a great height. Like just even though, even because nice. <laughs> I'm just saying, like um, you know, when I was saying about like this movie, it doesn't really show its age apart from some of the cultural mm-hmm. references. 2012, which is a brand new movie, cutting edge special effects. I didn't enjoy it anywhere near as much. No, not at all. It, it's this. It's like it has no soul. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this does. It has the pieces are in place for this one. Even though, like I've always said, Armageddon's not not a no, masterpiece. No, no. It's a Michael Bay movie. Stuff blows up. It's loud. It's brash. It's often filmed Rebel like rousing. It's often filmed like a music video because that's his deal. Like, like shots where you're like, "This is a music video. Put some music to this," and it, you know, it's it's very. I think what you were saying earlier, lowest common denominator, right? I don't think it's lowest common denominator. No, that you then you missed the point of what we were talking about earlier. But I'm saying it's stimulating. Yeah, but it's it's not highbrow. Let me let me say that. It's no. Michael Bay movie. You can't say highbrow. What would you say Bay. is highbrow? What's a movie that you would say is highbrow? A Razorhead. Really? Yes. I haven't seen that. Or There Will Be Blood. Right. That's highbrow? Do you think the actual highbrow people would say that? I would, yeah. <laughs> I actually would. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know. Citizen Kane. I would say there are movies that are highbrow. Yeah. There are mo- the Godfather. There are movies that are... Oh, you're, okay, you're, you and I are on completely There are different. movies that exist. We don't agree, then. Purely to entertain, and that's what Armageddon is. That's what I'm getting at. Okay. It's dumb. It's got... I See, I disagree with that. I was watching it thinking, why is everybody picking on the theme of it? The idea that you send some dudes to blow up a rock. Because it's you know absolutely what? ridiculous. How do you know that? I don't know that that's not possible. I don't know that that's not a solution. I only know that people say it isn't because what? They want to pick on it? Is everybody an astronaut? Is everybody an astrophysicist? I don't know. So I got over that a long time ago and thought, I don't know. What I find kind of dimish is the, the, not dim even, just the whole um, ensemble thing. It's a little bit too much in your face. Let's talk about the slingshotting around the moon. At how many Gs? Yeah, I don't don't know that that's not... (laughs) No, it's not. It's How impossible. do you know? Oh, are you a astrophysicist? No, it's just impossible. Like, like fighter jet pilots, they'll take like six or seven Gs maximum, and before they they're gonna die at that point. They and will, you learn this from what? Their eyes will blow out of the sockets. They'll die. These people. What what were they doing? What was that? What was the miles per hour on that readout? Uh, it's impossible. Sure, twenty one thousand. It, it has all right. It has dodgy science. I'm not a scientist, but I do know that that can't happen. But there again, it's a movie and it's fun, right? Right. Um, none of that's going to happen anyway, right? We're landing on an we're slingshotting around the moon, landing on an asteroid from the back while avoiding all the rocks and um, its trail. I mean, it's crazy. 
but it makes a good movie because you don't want it to be all real like 2012 that also uh, you know what was that the world's boiling from the inside yes and it's making all the plates move and stuff which is an actual theory that is a scientific theory so you can't really argue with people have actually made I can't that. tell you what it was about 2012, but I came it was away to with be a... too fluffy in the midst of an actual worldwide devastation. Just like this. But for some reason, it's that one tried to take itself too seriously. This one's all I think that's what it is. Shiny. Too serious. Because yeah. Armageddon always has the... But with the mixed in there stuff that's not serious. So it doesn't come off right. Armageddon always has the um, tongue-in-cheek kind of... Uh, this is for fun, like... But then again, there are some emotional parts in Armageddon that work, and I didn't think any of the emotional parts in 2012 worked. No. I couldn't give a damn about anybody, to be honest. None of them. And there was, like, a scene that was supposed to be, like, sad, and I was like, what? Well, let's be very honest with everyone. You and I, when we watch a disaster movie, we always want it to end badly. Yeah. So we don't care about anybody. But for Armageddon... It's really hard to care. Not to spoil it. I don't want it. I like how it ends. And you just spoil it then. <laughs> well, I, I, <laughs> even though it's it, twelve years old. Well, let's just say it ends badly and it ends both ways, mm-hmm. right? So I like that. This because, but like two thousand and twelve. Oh, I don't know. I don't, all right, <laughs> now, let me just say I didn't really like two thousand and twelve. But that's not the movie we're talking about. Talk about Armageddon, right. and yeah, I really, I really like it. I, I can't tell you what it is. I do know that it's. I like Michael Bay's movies. Like I really like Con Air too. It's rewatchable. It's stupid as well. Con Air. I mean, it's stupid. I'm not sure why you keep saying they're stupid. I don't think that's fair. Did they're just stupid? It's just like. But that's really rude. First of scripts. all, I don't think they're stupid. I think they're just what they are. You know. Yeah. Well. Jackass is stupid. That's your opinion. <laughs> I guess my opinion is true. That the movies. Fairly un like. But I think that's insulting to someone who actually really digs it, and you're saying that's just a stupid movie. No, because I really like Armageddon. I'm not. I'm. I'm just saying that they're they're not based in any reality of any kind. They're neither is Conair. An asteroid could hit the Earth. That's a reality. That's the only thing. <laughs> yeah. And some guys can do some drilling. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's and there's not, space shuttles. It's not based and... in. Um, it's, even those space shuttles and... They are real space shuttles. I mean, there are real space shuttles. There are... There's a space shuttle, but nothing like those... What they had in this movie. It's pure... True. Um, fantasy. And the crazy moon buggy and... You know you know what I'm saying. I guess. But then on another hand, you... If you say that, then you have to say that about almost every movie. And that even- Unless it's a pure sci-fi, like... In, like it's not trying to be real it's mm, like right. uh, you know it's so many years in the future or whatever and we've progressed a lot but this is like 1998 we're saving the world in 1998 correct, right? correct. so we, we're at that stage in... I, one thing uh, did anybody ever have a cell phone in this movie or did we not have cell phones in 1998 not much never saw a cell phone open we didn't really much he had she... a f- uh, thing that had a page on it he did that was yeah. it and it's like a thing now, isn't it? In any movie, you watch any movie, you expect to see somebody on a cell phone or flip a cell phone and start... In this movie, never happened. I don't mm. th- I don't think it happened. No, don't think, there not Don't even think the top technology boys at NASA were even flicking cell phones over. But we weren't using them then, really. 1998. No. You came here in 99 and no. 
We really weren't yet. I had a cell phone before I came in. Yeah, but it wasn't like now. Like, absolutely every person has one in their pocket. Not at all, so. I mean, I had one for work, is what I'm saying. I had a cell phone. I mean, it's pretty big compared to today's cell phones, but I had one. I mean, it wasn't a... It's a little cell phone. But, um, so, did you like this movie when it came out? Yeah, when it came out. Did you see it in the theatres? I did. Yes. And then on DVD a lot. You're going to make that sound on your speaker. Um, Shaking your leg. I think... Was it the same summer as... No, it was 98. The same summer as Godzilla and Deep Impact. Right. So some more big... Not world ending, but earth shaking. Yeah, similar. In fact, I I said uh, there's a joke about Godzilla in this I feel like I've grown up from being stimulated. I don't know, though, because when I saw Avatar, you know, the first time, I had that same... (gasps) And then it sort of... You know, you start finding the cracks after that. After you've seen it the first time. So I feel like these big action movies back in like 95, 96, 97, 98, it was like the infancy of action movies. Really big action. This big, you know, every there's few seconds. There's not much as like, big as this movie though, is there? No, even. It's like a, you know, every few seconds someone's in peril and, and you're supposed to be on the edge of your seat. Now, the first time I watched it, I was probably... But now I think, okay, okay, you're just trying to pull up my, you know, get me all riled up. And I don't get as riled up. I think so, it works, though. It does. It's a little bit hammering in I'd actually face. be so bold, me personally, as to say this is my favorite Michael Bay movie. Armageddon. I like it. I mean, I like quite a lot of his movies. And most people hate him. I mean, I hear that all the time. Michael Bay is terrible, you know. And I, I wasn't really into Transformers 2 that much, to be honest. I liked the first one, but I think the second one, I don't know, it kind of... It fell wasn't, apart. Yeah, almost, didn't it? It wasn't like, it was like, oh, come on. Like, it, I was rolling my eyes a lot at the second one. Um, but I really like The Rock a lot. I think it's The Rock's one of the best action movies you can really watch, you know? I like Con Air. In the same way, I think it's a really good, a rewatchable action movie from its time. You know, it's still rewatchable now. Um, what else has he done? He did. But it's uh, always the same, isn't Pearl it? Pearl Harbor. Think of them all. <laughs> I mean, that's well, that's what, what he is. is. I mean, yeah. I mean, directors have their own thing, and yeah. he does the big event movie thing well. I think, and like the guy who, when we watched 2012 last week, the Emmerich, Roland Emmerich. He does the same thing over and over and over as well, but he does it quite well. I just didn't think that 2012... I think 2012 was a good concept, and yeah, we... It needed to be one thing or the other. It either needed to be a Michael Bay version, or it needed to be a super serious, dark version. Yeah, not a middle. It was trying to be in the middle, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't work. Because all the special effects were good, in that when you're watching California slide into the ocean and stuff, I want to see that. Yeah, I want that image in my mind. And it wasn't bad. But then here comes the little shitty plane with this little stupid family. And, you know, it's like, ugh, you know, be really dig deep and say, like, this is it, people. This is what it's going to look like when the world is ending without any laughs, without any comedy, just balls out, you know. Or be total like this and gloss it all up and, Which you, know. you You know, you can tell from the opening scene of Armageddon, you know that it's going to be this kind of movie. Yeah. Kind of, you know, slapsticky. Like, it's, it's you know, it's not in reality and it's fun. I think that's the thing. Fun. I think I just don't see that, but 
I, I agree that it's a fun-ish movie with the uh, impending end of the earth <laughs> at the end of it. Yeah, but even like, you know, there's big dramatic moments in Armageddon where like a whole, you know, city gets wiped out by a... But they don't really hit you emotionally. It's nope. more like, okay, come on, on let's like... save something. Like, you know, it's, I don't find it has that. Like, whereas... 2012. I think they wanted you to feel sad when things happen, like it. But and then, I would like that. But, but then you don't. Tried to you be... don't because then there's like some Russian dude doing like yeah, and the stupid one liners and, and shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it, then you just like, no, I'm not into it. And then, but this one paced really well. I think the entire time it feels really fast, even though it's a two and a half hour movie. Um. It's kind of split in half. There's like the getting the crew together, training them, and then the mission itself. Really is split in half, isn't it? It's like a... Yeah. I feel like it feel, feels quite long, to be honest. See, I don't, but I... Pref- and I always have. And I like that. I like long movies. Since but... I first watched it, I've always preferred the first half to the second. Because I, I really like... I've always liked that. Like, training them and... Uh, Getting the crew together. I guess. Now when you watch it, it's kind of like, oh, okay. It's, yeah, yeah it's, real, <laughs> it's basic funny, isn't it? You yeah, know, It's yeah. like, oh, you know, they're doing the psychiatric evaluations on them and some of them are freaking out and some of them are having a weird thing to it. You know, it's kind of funny, but it's not overly... Is this, all I can think is, through even talking about it, it's like you can't just, you can't really, I can't describe it except you just go along for the ride. That's the only phrase I can think of. You just go along for the ride. You don't question it. You don't pick it apart. Now, I think I don't pick it apart as badly as I would, say, Avatar or even Lord of the Rings like I did that I've seen so many times because, I don't know, my expectations are going up or my... Actually, that's a good point. You know, Lord of the Rings had a lot of going back and watching Lord of the Rings, which is newer than Armageddon, had a lot of dodgy special effects mm-hmm. that kind of you watch it you know 10 years later and go oh I don't I wish they'd have done that better yeah, or yeah. you know Armageddon there's none of it I wish they would have done better because like I was watching it all very closely and now it's in high def you know and I was like those shuttles look really good mm-hmm. when they're flying and all the rocks are flying it looks good like and then what else was CG well there was I well, guess yeah, it was just every like um, asteroids slamming through buildings, smashing into ground. Those are some of the best. All of me. that. It all looks, which is surprising to me because I thought after watching 2012, which is you know the state of the art, like even at one point there's a body hitting the front of the, one of the shuttles, and it, yeah, like, I, I went like, oh crap, and it didn't look. I mean, it looked a little dodgy-ish, but I not. I don't think it. It's done well. It's like enough. really fast and like. I was watching carefully and I was like, this doesn't look dodgy. It's 12 years later and we're watching it in high def so we can see... We'd be able to see dodgy parts sticking out of us. And secondly, the sets that are actually built and the props in the movie actually look really good. Like, like just the props, like the space suits, the... The suits look good. The, I, um, I'm not I, sure that the whole set on the asteroid looks good. But oh, no, well... Because I was looking really good. So closely. the asteroid didn't bother me either because I knew what it looked like when they got there. I had it in my mind that it looked like that and it looked like that, like I expected. But um, the inside of the shuttles looked good, the space station, mm-hmm. everything. Like, it was like... I guess a lot of money was spent on this movie. Um, but I think 
it's that, isn't it? It's just because most of it's practical and the green screen is kept to a minimum during any of that stuff. Yeah. I think that's why it holds its thing, whereas Lord of the Rings and some of those battles were an entire computer-generated thing, so they... And then move on to Avatar when it's all completely generated. So our standard is changing with the technology that, okay, if you're going to present me with a movie that is 100% fabricated CGI, then my, you know, me, having watched thousands of movies and you too, it, it, it makes me more... It's easier to criticize if you do something wrong. So when I go back and look at Lord of the Rings or go back and look at Armageddon, it's like I've moved beyond and I'm looking for fault. But Armageddon doesn't have the same cracks that Lord of the Rings does. Not. I bet if we watched Twister, we'd be like, oh my god, that looks really... I think so, yeah. Twister as well. That's, does that... it look bad or good? Well, I saw a clip from it the other day when I was looking at something and uh, it was the bit where like the truck flies up in the air like a big petrol yeah. tanker. And it looked fairly bad. Right. That's what I'm like saying. Like, it looked that, like real rudimentary yeah. CGI. And at the time, everybody's like, holy shit. I mean, I've saw, I went and saw Twister three times in the theater. I'll admit it. I think, five, <laughs> I think if you actually watch Twister, 90% of what makes it really awesome is the sound. Because that's mm. really good sound. So, like, the special effects... When was it made, Twister? We're talking... 96. Ni- right. Even, 95, 96. Even before this. Or it would have been 95. The yeah, beginning 90. of special effects like that. Like, like they were just figuring out how Titanic, to do same time. CG, weren't they? I mean, it was like, when Titanic came out, that was one of the big deals. Oh, you'll see these CG people. In For the me, movie. Twister was more dramatic and still would be because I was terrified of tornadoes when I was a kid. Yeah, and I've never like, had Like, terrified. Because we'd never had No, we did. I mean, there was always a siren or get to the basement or get in the cellar or if you're outside, get in the ditch. <sighs> We don't have twisters in England. Excuse me, I'm yawning. <laughs> but that's what made twist that that kind of blocked a little bit of my critical mind for Twister. Yeah. But now I think if I watched it, I'd be like, oh my god, yeah, no, embarrassing. Ninety percent of Twister is the sound, and the sound is really good still to this day. Um, I still hate the ending to Twister. Yeah, like oh, I was watching it in the cinema. I really like enjoyed Twister all the way through, pretty much. Yeah, it's really fun and. Lots of special effects, kind of like Armageddon. And your man, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes, and Paxton. And that ending. And, oh, Helen Hunt. That ending was just, oh my god, that was like, really? Come on. If you ever hear us say, oh, look, it's Helen Hunt, it's because when we went to see Castaway, it was completely packed, remember, the theater, and we had to sit in the next to the back row over on the far right side. In this really shitty little theater. little shitty theater. They didn't turn the light off for 20 minutes and left the door open. People coming and going, the movie's on, right? Playing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then these two old ladies come and sit behind us. Like, old ladies. Not me being, like, old. We're talking 70s, like, something. And we're sitting there, and they're chit-chatting, and I've already accepted this is going to suck as an experience. And one of them goes, oh, oh, look, it's Helen Hunt. I like, like her. Like, it? did you not? Are you not? Just talking full blast. Yeah, and then also somebody, one of their sons, oh, so-and-so works for Federal Express. You know, like, they're just yeah. talking. And I was like, ah! That's I had it. to go tell the people to shut the door, remember? Because I still hadn't shut the door, turned off the light. And there's something wrong with the movie, too, at the beginning. That's that uh, ratio the, was wrong. No, the, uh, there were subtitles, and it but was down. Out. Yeah, down. <laughs> no, that wasn't, that wasn't that. That was, uh... 15 minutes, I think. No, it was wanted. 
where the subtitles were off. Was it? With Angelina Jolie. Because I went to see, went right, to see it on my right. birthday and the right. subtitles... Because <laughs> it was like, there's some Russian people in it or something at the beginning. And the subtitles were like... I think it was 15 minutes. The one with Robert De Niro and... Uh, I thought it was Ed. wanted. What's his face? Not Ed Norton. The other guy. But anyway, off topic. Alright, so the, the cast of this movie, we have Bruce Willis as Harry Stamper. Um, when you said, oh, he's going to be a lot younger... Don't seem that much different. Oh, they look loads different to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ten years. Really, is you know he's Mister Action Man, isn't he? I so. feel now, after having been, I would say I'm a thirty percent Bruce Willis fan. I've liked a lot of things he's done, and like other things, I roll my eyes at. I feel like he's extremely manufactured. And it's hard for me to get over that now because hearing Kevin Smith tell stories about him and then thinking about it, how he's manufactured this whole, all of what he does. Uh, so that makes it a little less interesting for me to watch. Right. I I can't think of anyone else to do the role, but... You I know. think he's, you know, he is Mr. Action Man. Still, still is now to this day, I think. You know, we just seen him in Surrogates. He does action movies still. Mm. He was just in... Cop Out, Kevin Smith's movie. Didn't see that one. Um, <laughs> Yet. Billy Bob Thornton, one of my favourites, as uh, Dan Truman. I think he plays that role. It was like my introduction to Billy Bob Thornton, mm-hmm. actually, this movie. I still love him in that role. I think I think he plays it really well. I think he looks like somebody on the edge of his... Uh, there are moments, however, when they're saying lines to each other, they had to they had to have had a hard time not busting out. Some laughing. of Keith they're David's being lines. a little bit too serious. Some of Keith David's lines are terrible. What do you mean? Like some of the stuff Keith David. Has I mean, they're to trying say. to be too serious. Yeah, he, he says he, like, you know, we are under something, something like some real long like, and it just sounds stupid coming out of his mouth. Like he says something at the beginning in the car when he's when they're driving. Hmm. It's like a real long. Just sounds really weird. Like you know when people have to look at the camera and say some stuff, so you think it's important, right? Keith David does a lot of that shit in this movie, and it's one of the things that where I'm like, oh, this is a bit weird. This dialogue. Um, this was uh, actually written by J.J. Abrams, by the way. You can I no- tell. I noticed in his um, why? Why can you tell? I don't know. It's just real, like real sharp with the uh, <gasps> stimulate, stimulate, stimulate deep emotions retching your heart or getting you all riled up and shit, you know? Mm. I don't know. I just feel like he's like that. He's a little bit obvious. I'm trying to think what J.J. Abrams did. Alias. Lost. Yeah. Mission Impossible 3. Correct. Which was really good. Um, And Star Trek. We haven't seen the new Star Trek. No. I haven't anyway. I don't particularly like Star Trek, so I never pursued it. Oh, I do. um, I've never been into it. I love Um, Star Trek. I'm I'm on the Star Wars side of the fence. Oh God! Uh, so then we've got Ben Affleck as Al Frost. AJ. AJ Frost. Why does it say Al Frost? Oh no, it doesn't. AJ Frost. Um, it's Ben Affleck. He has to be emotional sometimes. He's got very white eyeballs and white teeth. I will say that for him. Bleach. Bleached eyeballs. Bleached <laughs> teeth. <laughs> I like Ben Affleck. I don't care what anybody says. It's pretty good in this. Um, I mean, it's it's not a massive. It's not a hard role at he's all. He's at the cusp. Of becoming Mr. Ben Affleck. It was the film that made him Ben Affleck. He was Affleck. cheeky and trying to be funny. He'd been in Chasing Amy and then this mm-hmm. came along. So he, this made him like movie yeah, star yeah. Ben Affleck. So. And then Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Yeah. And He's then, charming and everything. It just it feels 
I don't know. Now that we've kn- like we've known him for all these years, it just seems like I don't know. I'm a chasing Amy huge, humongous fan of him in that. He's not as good as he is in that. But there not again, until he's not call. until he's screaming and crying and getting down and screaming at Harry. Then then I'm like, oh, there's the Ben Affleck that I yeah. like. And then Liv Tyler as Grace Stamper. I, I really like Liv Tyler, and uh, her father seems to have lent half the music to this movie too, right? Half. All of it. <laughs> um, I don't think he lent it, but yes, yes, yeah. yes. Well, you know, got a big paycheck for putting I like her better in this than I did in uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. There's more of her. There's more. Yeah. There's, there's a little more mm, to her. Jersey Girl, she was also in. Mm-hmm. She's I like good. Her. She's funny. I like her. I like Liv Tyler. I think she's good. You don't see her very often anymore, do you? Don't seem to. Um, Will Patton, who I really like, I like is Chick. He's um, creepy. Yeah, I watched a movie on Netflix, and I forget his name, and it's about this couple that go to the... Oh, it was called Grand Canyon. They go to the Grand Canyon, and he's the tour guide, and it's a bit like Jerry. Remember mm. the movie Jerry? Mm-hmm. Things... They get lost. Goes Let's just say that they get lost, and he's the tour guide. And I really liked him, and the only thing I really know him from is Armageddon. You know, I mean, I've seen him in some other stuff, but... I've always thought I'd like to see him in something else and he's really good in this Grand Canyon movie so it's on Netflix and it's called Grand Canyon um, so yeah I really like him in this um, some of the he has a really mm-hmm. um, some of the most emotion comes from him I think he's a very he's like a straight man he's not he doesn't joke around he doesn't lose his mind reliable yeah yeah you know the one who keeps Bruce Willis's head you know screwed on yeah um, and then there's Steve Buscemi. We're talking about keeping the head screwed on. His, <laughs> his head is completely screwed off. He had some is, of the best lines of movies ever. He plays Rockhound. Yeah. Um, what does he say? Who's like essentially this character is a womanizer. What does he say? Get ready to embrace the tragedy. Embrace the horror. Embrace. The horror. <laughs> it's time to embrace the horror. He goes, "Come on, guys!" Like that. Like it's real exciting. <laughs> it's time to embrace the horror. <laughs> yeah. And then what does he say? We can either just sit here and die, or we can go. So I, 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 I say we sit here and die. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like um, a womanizer. He, you get the idea that he he's sleazy, but he's a genius. Doesn't matter how old girls are for him to bone them. He, but ha- she does not make him endearing. But he's a genius, and no, but I mean, even when the when the government come to pick up Bruce Willis, he thinks they're there because he screwed some underage chick. Like he's like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he, that doesn't make him endearing, but. He's a genius. He's also probably the, a little crazy. the least sane of them all. And it, it makes for some very funny... Um, yeah. Absolutely out of context. Like when he starts playing with the machine gun thing. Yeah. It's just like, what the... What? And he's like, yeah, this is good fun. Like, So it, it adds a light element to it. But there again, it adds like another danger to, sure. the, whole, to the whole trip. So I, I really like him. And I also really like him in Con Air... Where he also plays like a alleged um, child murderer, yeah, and, it's, <laughs> and it, it is creepy but funny at the same time. The way he is, so it's weird. Like Michael Bay seems to cast him in the um, oddball role every time. But there again, Steve Buscemi is always the oddball, isn't he, in movies? Um, he was in the Island. He wasn't really an oddball in that. Kind of. Kind he was of the funny. hermit guy in the. He was a hermit. I thought he was. He worked in he worked in the facility and then and then he in a little shack and it was all messy and stuff and the yeah and and he was also in Ghost World. Correct, very good one. And he was 
slightly. He was good in Ghost World. Um, I like him, and he's in Reservoir Dogs. That's the first time I've seen. We've seen a lot of movies, dude. Have you? Do you have, have you taken notice lately? Yes. <laughs> we could have a whole. We could go on like hours and hours and just jump from like movie to movie to movie to movie. So then we got William Fichter as Colonel Willie Sharp. He's a guy like who I really like, but then I never. Oh yeah, yeah, I like him too. Yeah, like. He's, he's one of the. He's like an anonymous famous guy. Yes. Like we've said, like where you're like, I know who he is, but I don't know where from. Like, because I've seen him in lots of things. Yeah, lots. Never. He played a father in something. I think that he was real creepy and. Um... And in in this one, he's not creepy, but. Um. He's kind of like represents kind of scary the, the at bad, one point. I mean, the the bad guy in this movie is the is the asteroid, but there are ways of dealing with it that. Are you the, the bad guys also ourselves? Correct. Like how we, um, how they build in this like secondary thing. Yeah, and, you know, because we're just shitheads. <laughs> really. <laughs> uh, and then there is Owen Wilson as Oscar. Um, he plays Owen Wilson. Yeah, pretty much. Just being cheeky and Funny. kind of hippy hippy dippy. Yeah, he's he it's a fun- much smaller part than I remember. He actually has some funny lines too, though, doesn't he? Yeah, where they're strapping him into the chair and he's like talking Couple. about. Couple. Yeah, he's, there's there are some pretty and Michael Clark Duncan as Bear. That guy's huge. Yeah, I could have done without him. When he's um, at the beginning, where he's on the oil rig with his big wrench, yeah. he's huge. He's like I, I even I don't think he's like that now. He was built. Yeah, right I don't think it lasts forever, does it? Those no. muscles. He was really. Yeah, I like you say I I like him, but it was so token like it was very much like let's do that again. Yeah, like what was it? The Green Mile. It was completely not like the Green Mile at all. No, I mean what you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? What was the character like in the Green Mile? What he played? Barely spoke. He was like kind of retarded. But was he real muscle? Was he a real strong guy? He was big. Yeah. I just get the feeling they just. They they just like stereo. It's like a stereotype um, role for his look and feel. Like mm. this role, because what was he like? The strong muscle man, muscle man who care is caring. Also, like yeah, you know that's what I was getting at. So then, uh, this is directed by there's other people in this movie, but that's most of them, if not all Correct. of the main ones. Uh, I didn't mention Keith David, who has some of the most horrible lines ever. I'm not, Are they horrible lines, or it just feels a little too serious? That's what it is. It's like, he, he's saying them, so you as a viewer... He says them fine. I mean, you're making yeah. it sound like he says them fine. No, he says them fine. It just sounds ridiculous. So it's the actual script, not yeah. what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the director is Michael Bay, who also directed Transformers, Transformers 2, Transformers 3 coming up. The Island, which I really liked. I think that's Oh, one that of was his. with Michael Bay? Bad Boys. I like the island. Bad Boys and Bad Except Boys 2. The pouting. From Scarlet. Yeah, constant pouting. Yeah, that's alright. Alright. Uh, bad Boys and Bad Boys 2, which are pretty good action movies if you like. A... Yeah, I would say Bad Boys, particularly, is one of the better, to, in my mind, of that whole collection you've just mentioned. Uh, Pearl Harbor, The Rock, Conair. And that's it. <laughs> Some music video. He was a music video director before he started. And Armageddon is proof of that. Has he done some CSI? 
Yes, CSCI. It seems like I remember, I don't know, maybe he guessed. He just directed. The last thing I heard that he directed was the Victoria's Secret lingerie show commercial. He did the commercial, a big expensive commercial for that with supermodels and Ferraris, Mm. which I can imagine. I never saw it. It's right up his street, right? Because, like, when he films Megan Fox in Transformers. Those the positions he puts her in, and I don't think it takes a good director to tell some chick to bend over and show her your ass, show you her ass. But he, he has the eye for that, is what I'm getting at. He's got the name for that. Yeah, you could tell some chick to bend over and show you her ass. I frequently do. <laughs> so uh, get out of the camera and take a picture of it. So the um, DVD or Blu-ray extras for Armageddon. <laughs> um, it comes. Uh, Get ready, folks. It's a big one. Now, I, like I said earlier, I own this on two, four, two DVD versions. I've got the Criterion Edition, which comes, comes with a second disc full of extras. Really loads yeah, of extras. we've like seen all that. Tons, commentaries, all kinds of stuff. Um, so, you can't really throw away, if you're an Armageddon fan like me, you can't throw away your Criterion disc yet. In be- fact, that was one of the first Special lot editions. of extras yeah. that we'd ever seen. Well, I'd, I'd bought... It was kind of funny at the time. I bought Armageddon, which was the standard disc release. And then literally, like, two or three months later, the director's cut was put out, which was the Criterion version. Now, that one's actually extended version. It also had commentaries by... There's three commentaries, I think, and there was a whole disc worth of extras. But the actual movie itself was in non-anamorphic widescreen, which is another story, but it sucks. So, there's that... Which is great, because there's commentaries, extras, and then there's now a Blu-ray version, which is nothing. Not even the commentaries. Now, I'm, I'm thinking that Criterion still own the rights to the commentaries yeah. and stuff, so Disney couldn't put them on it. Because Go ahead. They literally put nothing on here. Like, well, not nothing. There's a, the Aerosmith music video. Um, and a trailer. And two trailers. A teaser trip. Not even a... There's no... Not anything. There's I think they took a survey of all you people who who love the movie and realized, you know what? These people already bought that DVD. They yeah. already bought the Criterion version. They've already seen all the extras. And we want it to be the best quality we can. And are you going to mention? It does look really good. Yeah, it's it does. clear. I, and yeah, are black. And, and there's a story good. that goes in on that because um, Armageddon was damaged. The print, the original print... In a fire. There was a fire at, um, I think it was Disney's warehouse where they store movies. And the reason Armageddon didn't come out in high def was uh, I'd read interviews with Michael Bay. He said that the print was damaged. It needed quite a lot of restoration work to even have a HD version of it. So now in 2010 we get one, which is like 12 years later. Um, But it actually looks really good. I mean, and it was... um, the DVD looks horrible, and I've always been like, please put out a HD version, because on our projector, the DVD, it would look terrible, because <laughs> you'd have to zoom it, because it's a box. So were you a little nervous when you started I was up? a little nervous. I was thinking, you know, this damaged film stock I've heard about, and, you know, it's probably going to be all, you know, when... Yeah, but there's nothing. I mean, nothing. It's from the first moment, it's outer space and it's all clear and crispy. And then the first explosions and the fireballs and the smoke and the the blacks are. I mean, I don't even notice that stuff. But this time, because I've seen it and I was yeah, thinking, it's the best the I've seen thing. it look. Like, wow, how is this going to look on this big screen and everything? And it looks. And good. I, you know, I've seen it. Like I said, I've not seen it for eight years, but I literally saw it twenty times when it came out 
over and over on DVD. And I know how it looked, and this was literally the best I've seen it look. Plus, it's the real widescreen. You don't have to zoom the picture. Um, and they've upgraded the audio to the Dolby True HD. And I can say the audio is blo- it's mm-hmm. noisy. It's a, it's a noisy movie, if anything. Lots of surround work going on. Pretty good for a 12-year-old yeah, it's movie. It's not delicate. It's not like... It's not delicate. Yeah, like, it's like everywhere, all the time. Like 2010 soundtracks, like Avatar, for instance. It's very subtle... It's all very smooth and nice. This isn't so much. It's in your face. It's like noisy and dialogue's, dialogue's noisy. Everything's noisy. It's like not noisy in a bad way. It's noisy as it's in like... It's all cranked up. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to take notice of everything that goes on here. Every single thing. So yeah, you can hear what everybody says, but it is a different... I feel that audio technology has grown. You know, Something like Avatar, it's very smooth and evenly mm. whereas this is like bang bang I don't know if a new Michael Bay film like Transform no Transformers was more kind of yeah I guess everything growing progresses up, growing into it? it yeah so yeah it's a good Blu-ray anyway um, and I've seen it for actually I've seen it actually on sale and it's only been out a couple of weeks saw it on Amazon the other day for uh, $13 nice which Blu-ray. I think you know for yeah on Blu-ray for a non-extra just the movie $13, pretty good price. I mean, you'll probably pay 20 Yeah. But Amazon have sales all the time. Um, so, yeah, in conclusion, I love Armageddon. It would have been a no-brainer for me. I would buy it anyway, again, because I just wanted a, a nice version that I could show you on the cinema. You still love screen. it? I, <laughs> I actually was thinking I wouldn't like it as much, but I like it exactly the same. And, and I, it wasn't aged for me. It didn't seem dated. But you didn't have the same gut thing. I actually did, you know, from the opening moment where they start talking, you know, because I know it. Yeah. It brings back a feeling to me, Mm. like, where I'm excited to see this movie. So I really highly rate it. And if you didn't see it at the time, because, you know, some people overlook movies, you know, it is an older movie. I think people, anybody now who's into the big big blockbusters every... um, yeah, that come out, Iron Man and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. I think you would get some enjoyment from this. I don't think you would think it's an old movie. Like, oh, it's it's something that's too old, it's boring. True. Uh, you know, it stands up there. In, in fact, I'm going on record to say it's better than 2012 <laughs> or Day After Tomorrow or any of those movies, which are more recent, you know? Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, they're different movies. I just think that in the end of the world style movies. Yeah, yeah. I need to see Deep, Deep Impact again. Because I saw it when it came out. I liked it a lot better, like, the third and fourth times I watched it than yeah. I did the first time. I yeah. really did. I mean, I liked Taylor Leone, so... And it came out the Leone. same time as Armageddon, and I was absolutely... Oh, I love Armageddon, and then I saw Deep Impact. And whereas I liked it, I had a certain... Like, I, I love Armageddon already. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, so it kind of kind of quashed Deep Impact a little bit for me, but seeing it now maybe as a separate thing and just not comparing it might be better, you know? Because it was more of a downer kind of movie, wasn't it? Wasn't like a heroic... It was a downer. Wasn't a heroic, like, America rules the world kind of Independence Day-ish. So the opposite of that is a downer? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about... I, I don't remember, but I believe it had more of a the kind of ending that I would like. Hmm. If I remember rightly. I'm not telling you. 
Um, so, we'll talk about it. You can watch it this week and talk about it next week. So thanks to uh, Disney and uh, Touchstone Pictures for the uh, Blu-ray disc for review. Uh, if you want to enter our contest, you can see the site for details, aschoolie.com. We've got a couple of contests up there. Next week's uh, Blu-ray disc review will be Edge of Darkness on Blu-ray. That's uh, Mel Gibson's new movie. Um, looks pretty interesting. You, you don't know nothing about it, do you? Nope, so nothing. They're the best ones, yes. usually. Yes, So, um... Movie recommendations this week. I'm going to recommend, based on, on Armageddon, Godzilla, which everybody... I mean, God, the Godzilla that Emmerich made is the guy who made 2012. The one Broderick. with Matthew Broderick. I only hear hate for this movie. Like, everything I read, oh, what a terrible movie, I hate it, um, everybody's shit in it, the Godzilla look crappy. And when people say the Godzilla look crappy, I said to you this week... Well, look at any of the original Godzilla movies. It's a guy in, like, a rubber suit just waving his arms. Like, how can this Godzilla look crappy? So I recommend the Emmerich version of Godzilla because I think it's as good as any of his others. How long has it been since you've seen it? I've seen it when it came out, which was probably, like, the year after... Oh, no, it was the same year as Armageddon, right? Twelve years ago. So then, that's when I saw it, and I loved it. I'm not sure if it would hold up as much for you. I remember, you watch it. I remember liking Matthew Broderick's performance, though. It's just, it's like, it's Ferris Bueller. Well, <laughs> Only kind of grown up, you know what I mean? In yeah. his early 30s. And the other one I wanted to recommend was Deep Impact, which I was just talking about, that I don't fully rec- recall, but I know that it's better than 2012. Yes. Definitely. Because it was, like Deep, Deep Impact, Impact has a serious mm-hmm. tone. It's not a jokey movie at all. Whereas if you compare the Armageddon and Deep Impact, which came out at the same time, one was the fun one, one was the more messagey kind of... And that's why Deep Impact gets so much shit, because it wasn't all, like, flashy and there's not and, a lot and of it, action And they both involved. came at exactly the same time, which happens sometimes, doesn't it, where this, a movie... Yeah, because one year we had... The same year? No, 96, we had Dante's Peak and Volcano. Yeah. So we had Dante's Peak, where similar, James right? Bond is trying to get down the volcano, and then you have Volcano, which is Tommy Lee Jones with the volcano growing up in the middle of Los Angeles... So, in the same... Then that was, what, Titanic and Twister and Independence Day. All those came out. Same kind of... Yeah. Big... Why did we all kick in? I guess special effects must have cranked up that year. And then it just all went... James Cameron brought out Titanic and then... did. Something happened there. Everybody's like, one ship crashing is not enough. We want the end of the world. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Edge of Darkness next week. And your recommendations are... My recommendations are very obvious. I'm going to be... It's no-brainer this time. I've put no thought into it whatsoever. Because if you like Armageddon, uh, the experience of it, the raucousness of it, I'm going to say you're going to like The Rock, which is the first movie that we ever did a podcast for. Correct. The Rock as in Nick Cage and Sean Connery. Again, it's... It's got a message and a theme, and it's got the tension, and, you know, it's go on back. Alcatraz, and... Go on after the show, number one. Yeah. And you can find everything yeah. we said about it. And Independence Day, which I think is a better... Is better... Um, it's maybe pieced together better... Roland than, Emmerich. Um, Armageddon. You know what I mean? But it's the same thing. Thing. It's like cheeky and tries to be funny when in fact it's got this world ending. It is very game. much in the same But it's vibe. a little more fine-tuned, but with a lot of the same elements. You know, it tugs at your heart with the love story and the first lady dying and all that kind of stuff. And the notion, all of it. I mean, 
all of us can ha- have to admit when he first steps out onto the lawn and looks up and everybody's looking at that giant spaceship. That's the first time you've seen like, that kind of thing. Shit, yeah, man. That's what I want to see. It's like, because from the time I was a kid and watched V, original yeah, V. Yeah. Which when, is a remake now. Yeah, which, you know, like the world being... Uh, infested or whatever it's called, invaded by an alien species, which is up to no good. I liked being. It it's good. like, oh, and that's all of it. So I think those are, if you put that, if you pick those three movies in one night, or what are yours too? All of them. Godzilla, Deep Impact, The Rock, Independence Day. In 2012, and throw that on the end. Throw it on the beginning. Yeah. Because you don't want to end your weekend with that. You want to start with the 2012. Maybe throw the core in there, because then as you watch more of these, you'll realize there are some action movies that are awesome and a great time, and there are some action movies that are... The core and 2012 are right there together, I think. Not quality. I'd say 2012 is much better than the core. It's not good. I I was watching... Like, it's not good. I think you pick it down so hard because you really despise the end and you really despise the whole arc idea. And I think it's I really a better despise movie than Woody Harrelson think. in it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like Woody Harrelson, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Natural Born Killers is one of my favorites and he, he rocks in that movie. But, but it's just like too heavy handed. What the fuck? Yeah, like it, it was just. I think that's a problem with that guy, though, the Emmerich guy. I think he. Can't He's, rain it in sometimes. Yeah, he, like sometimes he... He did Independence Day? Uh-huh. Right. And Godzilla. See, Independence Day is the most refined of those, strangely enough. He's doing Independence Day too, apparently. All right. Coming soon. I'll watch it. So, um, yeah, I wonder if it'll be like Granddaddy Will Smith. <laughs> he, he just looks the same anyway, doesn't he, now? He's not No, really... oh my God, you're so funny. Will of course he'll be ten years older. Do you, think, do you think man. Independence Day was 10 years ago? It must be longer. 15, right? 1996. 12. Yeah. Oh, so it was two years before Armageddon. Yeah. So that had already been... It was my uh, summer in uh, Florida. Yeah, it must have know. already been because uh, Armageddon... I remember thinking, oh, a, a movie that's going to be like big, like Independence Day. Yeah, yeah. We were advertising it. Um, and yeah, I want to say, don't watch the teaser trailer on the Armageddon disc <laughs> if you've not seen the movie because we think that they lost the... When, when they didn't said, look up the definition of teaser trailer. Yeah, they just basically showed you the entire teaser movie. trailer is the one for Godzilla when it shows has this the sound, it's a black screen. It zooms it's like, out. And you hear this big, and then you see the footprint, and then it just says Godzilla, and then the year. That's what it that was, yeah. is a teaser trailer. Yeah. Or um, Armageddon. All you had to do was show an asteroid and show the Earth, like you said, and then say coming soon. That's what I would have done. I'd have shown. That, just that one shot for about five seconds behind the asteroid and then Earth in the distance. Fade it out and fade the Armageddon logo in and then put the date. Yeah. That's all you need to do. That See, is I can a teaser. make teaser trailers. Teaser means you tease us. Yeah. The other one is like the movie cut down to 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, this week's movies, uh, games and A-Schooly stuff. I've been playing this week... Uh, this game, I don't know why I played it, because everybody was telling me it was horrible. And this is Dead to Rights Retribution, which is... I mentioned it last week. It's the third game in the Dead to Rights series. And Dead to Rights series... I like the first one. The second one was terrible. Stands to rights that the third one... Or Dead to Rights. That the third one <laughs> would probably be terrible as well. But it actually was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It's like mindless. Like a Michael Bay movie of games. <laughs> You shoot stuff. You have a dog. 
which you do in the other two movies. You're a police guy with a police dog. And uh, in this, what differentiates this from the other two is there's scenes where you actually play as the dog. Um, in the other one, you just controlled the dog. In this one, you actually are the dog in some scenes and you're a, like a stealth version of yourself. And so you're the dog and you can creep around and you can savage people and there's an actual achievement called scrotality. Nice. Scrotality. Um, but yeah, it's kind of fun. It's a um, shooter, third person. Uh, you're a cop. It's this terrorist thing. The stories really doesn't matter. The shooting mechanics are quite good. There's also some melee mechanics you can get in there and beat people up as well as using the guns. In fact, it's like discouraged that you use the guns because the guns have got like six bullets in them and then you can't use them anymore. You can't pick up animals, so you have to throw the gun away. So there's a lot of punching and kicking, karate style. Um, I think it's fun. It's not worth $60, so don't <laughs> think that you should go and buy it for $60. But 20 I would pay for it because it is... It's quite long as well. It's like probably about 12 hours. It's funny when you think of that movie for 60 versus... Um, game. Game. When you played that other one with the... You're the chick and you're in space and you're going from planet to planet. Uh, you just played a couple months ago. You mean um, Mass Effect 2. Yes. Now, that one seemed really epic and humongous and it took you a long time and it was totally satisfying and really in-depth. Hmm. I'm not saying it's worth $60, but that game, and then no, this is. one where you play for a couple of hours and then you're like done and you're like... Well, yeah, but what I've found in my game playing over the years is there is room for different types of games. There, There's room for the 70-hour... But they shouldn't all be the same price. No, but I, I guess you could say that about, like, or you can go see a four-hour movie and go and see a 60-minute movie. Some people try to get they that. They cost the same, though, you know? It depends whether you like it or not. But yeah, Dead to Rights Retribution. It's fun. I would definitely not pay 60 but I would pay 20 if it's in the... If it ends up in... It will end up in the uh, Greatest Hits version or whatever. Um, the other game I've been playing is an interesting game on Steam. Um, and it's called Beat Hazard. And what it is, is you know that game you've got on the Zune called Audio Surf? Where it takes your music and makes a game out of it. Yes. It's along those lines, but this time... It's a shooter, so it's a it's kind of like asteroids. Remember the old asteroids where you're a triangular Apparently. ship in the middle and you shoot the rocks that are coming at you. Oh yeah, I suck at it. It's like that, but it's on steroids. I would say it almost looks like a Jeff Minter game. There's so much stuff going on the screen at once. But what you do is it it when you install it, it looks at your music library, and then it makes every song in your music library a level. So you play. I don't know, I was playing Lily Allen, one of the Lily Allen tracks. And the track lasts four minutes. Now, that's the level. You you play her whole song. And how the game is constructed is it constructs the enemies from the beat and the sound of the music. So, like a really fast track, like a Prodigy track that I put on. It's really wild. There's billions of enemies and you find it hard to even last with your three lives for the entire track because you die pretty quick. Whereas a mellow track, like I was playing Party's Head, it was a mellow one, it was a real chilled, there was very few enemies. Right. So it, it builds on the music. And everything about the game builds on the music too, like the, the lights that are flashing. How does it know? It analyzes the waveform of the music. Right. And then says, 
if this is 120 beats per minute or whatever, a real fast track, and it's really loud all the time, then... What if you have, like, 20,000 songs? It Every single one's a level. Wow. You can play through them. There's a survival mode where it takes all your music on your computer, shuffles, and just you see how long you can go on the three lives that it gives you. There's no way of earning extra lives. Right. You get three lives, so... You might, you know, how far can you get into your record collection on these three lives? It's really fun, and I was—I've been playing it all week. It's got achievements, Steam achievements, um, and it's called Beat Hazard. It's also available on the Xbox Live Marketplace, but it's one of those weird little indie games that they call them, where it doesn't come with achievements, and it's not really a proper Xbox. They like—it's like a—you can play it on there, but yeah, but it's not really—it doesn't come with the full suite of things that you get with a normal Xbox game. It's like a even though you pay for it. But the way to buy it is on Steam, because it it works with the 360 joypad on the PC. Um, it's got achievements on Steam, and it costs $4. All right. Which is crazy for a game that... Every you know, game should be $4. You know what I found about it is, what's really fun about that game is, if you're going to listen to some music, which I did this week, I got a couple of new albums, and I was listening to them, I was like, well, I'll just play levels of that while I'm... I'm listening. And it's kind of a fun way to listen to music because you're playing as well, you know. Right. At the same time, instead of like... Sometimes you can be doing some stuff on the computer with some music on and not not really hear it properly. With this, you have to concentrate so you hear it. So that's Beat Hazard. The other game I've been playing this week, and I picked my DS up for the first time in... A long time. I would say six months. There's not been a game on it I've wanted to play, and there was a game this week called P-Cross 3D... Which is, you saw it, I don't mm-hmm. know how to explain it. Well, everybody knows what Picross is, I think. I didn't. Well, it's a puzzle game that's, um, it's not just a computerized puzzle game, it's in the newspaper you can play it. It's like mm-hmm. a grid. It's that, but flat. Now, this is the 3D version of right. Picross. Hard to explain what it is. You're chipping away. Well, like, you get a, a block that is made up of blocks, and it's of whatever shape. It could start. Does it always start out as a rectangle or square, or is it? No, uh, it can be any. It can okay. be a weird triangle. It's a collection of blocks. Yeah. And on one side or the other, it'll say five, for example, right? That means from that five back in the depth of those blocks. Yeah, you have to think in three dimensions. Five of those blocks are used in the puzzle. Now there might be seven blocks there, so you spin it around until you find another number, and another number might say seven. Right? So then you look at the depth of that one. You know that where these two planes of these blocks cross, that one is going to be used because it's here. So you don't dis- you don't get rid of it. And then another one is four, and then you realize, oh, that one can't be used. You know, and you chip away at it until and you, you have two actions. Shape. You have chip, which, like, breaks a block, or mark, right. which is, like, it keeps the block. Once you've chipped it all away, logically, it makes something, like a... In, in P-Cross, it would it would have been like a, a picture of a fish. But in right. this, it's an actual 3D fish that will swim or whatever. And your idea is to go through all the puzzles from very easy ones to extremely hard ones. And you're ones. saying that I should do it. Because I can explain it and see it in my mind, so I would like It's it. really fun. It's really fun. I mean, I installed it and I went and sat on the um, bed to play it. Cause I thought you were going to say toilet. No, I went and sat on the bed. I thought, I'll just play here for a few minutes. Right, and I was doing some other stuff. I remember, <laughs> and then 
There's a tutorial that's quite long as well because you kind of need the tutorial. It makes no sense. In fact, I watched a video review of it and I said to you, he's saying it's fun and I think it looks like fun but I have no idea what he's doing and even though he's explaining it, I don't understand it. And he said on the video review, play the tutorial, you'll get it in a few minutes. I had to go through a couple of the tutorial steps twice just to make sure I got it. But once you get it, it's locked in then and then you can automatically do it. So... And it's only uh, 20 bucks. It's a budget kind of title, um, which is not bad for a DS title. Um, so that's P-Cross 3D, highly recommended. Um, last week I talked about changing uh, over to Google Gmail, which I have completely done now. I'm using Google Gmail, Google Reader, Google Docs for my uh, spreadsheets and stuff. And then? And then this week I thought I would take a look at Google Chrome, which is their web browser. Uh, and now I've changed over to Google Chrome, and so have you. Correct. Well, I don't... You know, when you change to something, I don't really have a choice. No. Because you just sort of... You dominate and take over my computer, which I could never possibly do to you. Although I, it was my idea to start with the Gmail, so you kind of took on that. But I didn't tell you you had to, and you were like, I'm putting Chrome up here. I went ahead and put Chrome on your computer. You can just try it. You don't have to use it if you don't want to. And then, of course, that's all I... That's the only no, option I... Firefox. Oh, it's I'll, still there, yeah. yeah. But you've already installed all of the... No, I've got to say, things. Google Chrome, um, I did use it two years ago. I've, I said to you this week, I have used it before tried it when it first came out it literally lasted half a day and then I uninstalled it and went back to Firefox now I've started using Google Chrome this week I think the plugin support is way better than what what is available for Firefox I know Firefox has a lot of plugins but a lot of Firefox's plugins are really buggy and like cause all kinds of problems I've had See, this is the opposite of what I was discussing this with someone at work last night who's quite a computer nerdy-ish person and is like, oh, Firefox has so much better support for add-ons and downloads and that Chrome, I mean, they've got some, but it's not a developmental kind of a thing, so... It absolutely is, though. I'm just saying. The re- the, the, their goal with Google Chrome is it's, it's using a WebKit engine, which is like the engine that Safari uses, which is uh, Apple's web browser. The reason Apple's web browser, which isn't the greatest web browser on Windows, but it's really good on Mac. The reason it's so fast and everything, they use this open source thing called WebKit. Now, that's what Google are using in this. So it's like an open source project, even though it's Google branded. Um, but yeah, the plugins, while he might be right saying there's more plugins for Firefox, I agree, there's lots of plugins for Firefox for pretty much everything. There's also a lot of plugins for um, Google Chrome but the quality of the plugins is what I'm getting at, and I've used all the Firefox plugins you can you can you can mention. I go through them, check them all out, use them all. The plugins for Chrome, and I'm talking about that Twitter one in particular called Chromed Bird, which is an interesting name. It's awesome. It's like the implementation of it. It's like you know, like normally you go to the Twitter page and do your stuff. Well, with this, it's just a little icon that sits at the top of your browser. If you get a new tweet, it it lights up red. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says one on it or two on it. You click it, a little drop-down box appears with all your tweets in it. You can go through, you can tweet. It's a fantastic integration of Twitter, I think, into the browser. Because, yes, you can sit with Twitter page open all day, but you have to keep looking at it to see what's new. True. It doesn't tell you. It, you have to go... Well, what well, you didn't need. You had a client, so it told you. Anything. Yeah, I did, but I prefer this to something separate 
Like, yeah. like I had a client that started my taskbar. Well, I'd rather I got rid of that, and now it's just part of my browser, which is great because I can check my email in my browser. There, oh, there's a new tweet. You know, it's so. I really recommend Chrome. It's nice and fast. I play Mafia Wars on Facebook, and I find that Ooh, uh, a lot of people just went, "Ooh, yeah." I find Mafia Wars. I find that um, Firefox has a struggles with my friends list, which is like two thousand um, people. Firefox absolutely struggles with my friends list in Mafia Wars. Chrome absolutely does not. It's super fast. Um, Super fast for all kinds of stuff. But what's really best about Chrome is all the tabs are uh, separate processes. So each tab is a separate version of Chrome, basically. So, but not a full version. Not a full version. It's because wouldn't that suck up a whole lot of RAM? It sucks way less RAM than Firefox in general. Um, but it's like a so like if Adobe Flash on say you're watching a YouTube video and Adobe Flash craps up and then in Firefox what would happen is the browser would freeze. It would go like a milky color and say, "Do you want to wait for this to respond or do you want to close it?" And ninety nine percent of the time you have to close it because it never comes back. With Chrome, it would just ditch that tab and the rest of it would be fine. You can just pull that tab back. It's a really good idea. I think Firefox will probably implement that. But Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Google Chrome is free. That's probably the best thing. Um, it's got themes, which well, we wouldn't care about, but it's kind of makes fun. Makes it look cool. Have a sketch one, like a drawing sketch. It has, and this is awesome, built in, without a plugin, it syncs your bookmarks between browsers. So, I've got... Chrome on my netbook, Chrome on my desktop. I put the bookmarks into the desktop one. I open my netbook up, and they all appear there instantly. And when and I, if changed, I change, I took my laptop to work. I changed my theme. I changed a bunch of bookmarks as soon as I open. As soon as I come home and open them both, they're on the same my page. PC, yeah. Well, I'll I'll say they sync up. With yeah, other. but it's great because like I this I often. I'll, before the days of this, I used to add bookmarks on my PC and then grab my laptop and go, oh crap, I don't have them bookmarks here. And I wanted to go to that page. And then you have to go and look at them. Right, right. Now, you know, you don't have to worry about that. It's really nice. So yeah, Google Chrome. And it gets... The other thing I really like about it is it updates itself. Like, everybody knows when Firefox needs to update itself, it updates itself and then pops up a dialogue and says please restart Firefox to uh, continue now that can be really annoying at times when you're when you got we were discussing this and I'm not it's never annoyed me because I'm never doing that much to me I can have 50 tabs open seriously right 50? yep I've had 50 open and you haven't yeah I totally have I bet I've got 30 open now (laughs) but um I can have them all open and some are like you know what happens like I'll be reading some sites and then it'll say click this link to read something I'll click it, it'll open, and then I'll read that later. Just keep the tab until I want to read it. I don't read it there and then. So I might have a bunch of stuff from the whole day. Aye, right. And then it updates, shuts down, and then just my normal tabs are back up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, nice one. What um, Chrome does is it updates itself without a restart, which is unheard of in my opinion. I don't think there's any app that can do that, right? Don't know. Now there is. It can also, and this is something that nothing else can do, Update Adobe Flash without restarting itself. Right. Which doesn't happen either. Because when Adobe Flash needs an update, they usually pop up a thing and tell you to restart your computer. 20 times, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is really annoying. So that's Google Chrome. I'm not a salesman for Google. You're crawling up their ass, boy. Kind of, yeah. But I'm really enjoying 
a change of uh, browser. I never thought there would be anything that could replace Firefox for me, so it was quite a surprise. So, uh, for last for me, this week's games will be Skate 3, which is the third in the skateboarding series by EA, uh, which is I, I really like. Oh, uh, do you? Yeah, Tony Hawk is just like pathetic now, and Skate took its place for me. Um, when Tony Hawk took on the... You have to buy the board, and it's $100. Why thought, does that make it a bad game? It's a bad game. I mean, but why does that make it a bad game? Because you immediately thought that. It, it ain't happened. just that. It's the game. Like, what they did was, like, they took the game, which they'd built on for about ten years, stripped it all back to nothing, because they needed to start again with this board. It's really basic. You just move the board, and it's like you're on rails. Which is funny for a skateboard game being on rails, because mm-hmm. whereas skate is a more technical, do the tricks, learn the... Learn all the moves. As you are fingering as if you have a controller in your hand. Yeah, and, and, and Skate pioneered the don't use the buttons for tricks, use the two sticks. Like, one stick controls your speed and one stick controls, like, you do, like, almost like fighting game moves to do to do tricks. Anyway, Skate 3 is out this week. I'll be taking a look at that. And I'll also be taking a look at, what was the other one? Oh, Lost Planet 2, which is Capcom's shooter slash space game. This time it includes some of the Gears of War characters. I'm not sure why, but apparently so. Uh, and then the week after that, I'll be looking at Alan Wake and Red Dead Redemption, which is Rockstar's Grand Theft Auto in the Wild West. Nice. Which could be my game of the year. Because you love Deadwood and you love Grand Theft Auto. So. Could be my game of the year. I'm really... How can you possibly say that? You have well, no I'm really idea. Grand Theft Auto 4 was definitely my game of the year. Either that or Modern Warfare 2 last year. And Grand Theft Auto 4 came out really early and it still has long legs for me. Right. I mean, this is... Rocks- I, I, I'm, yeah. buying, I'm buying this one. I buy all Rockstar stuff. I will have it on day one. I'll pre-order. Fair oh, enough. and by the way, if you want to pre-order it, go to Amazon.com because um, it's $60 like every game. But they give you a $20 Amazon gift card towards your next purchase of anything. Oh. Um, so you're basically getting it for 40 You could use the 20 to buy yourself something for 20 like a DVD. Right, so, right. So, yeah, you get $20 off, basically. Very nice. So that's my stuff. My turn. What's for dinner? What? I didn't tell... I didn't break it to you until you went in the kitchen and saw what was sitting in the sink. But it's good. I'm, I'm calling them medallion de tofu. No, that means I'm making, like, tofu burgers. I hate tofu. <laughs> you won't hate it. Now, no, that makes I it really even better it. and more exciting. Because when you taste it and you love it, then I'll be. How do you know I love it? Because you've never made it before. You just will. <laughs> uh, and I'm also making some bulgur wheat, black beans sounds, and carrots. Sounds great. We're having kind of a hippy-dippy supper, if you want to call it that. And uh, carrots, black beans, we're going to have beets on the side. Is there a palm bee? No, not really. Because I might need an escape clause from bulgur and tofu. You can always make you one of the veggie burgers that you've had all week um, and fries, but I think you'll be all right. I'll throw some fries in for you just in case, but I think you will be happily surprised. And so that's what's for supper. And then uh, you insisted that I add some stuff to my list. So I'm going to say We Fit. We talked about it a little bit last week. What's been going on with you with We Fit Plus that you won on a competition somewhere? I've been doing WeFit for, I think it, what did it say, 12 days, 13 days or something? Don't know. 
I've not been doing Wii Fit because I do the treadmill every day, um, which is how I do my exercise. I, I do uh, 30 minutes. Um, at, Running, jogging. Yeah, five miles an hour. And, you know, it burns 400 calories or something. Uh, it's two and a half miles. find that I do that every single day without fail. So I don't find I need to do, like, 30 minutes of... Uh, aerobic stuff on Wii Fit well, but I'll play the games every it now it doesn't have just aerobic stuff that's what I'm going to say it doesn't it has yoga and stuff um, it has yoga games balance I play the game I like the balance games um, and I've done 10-15 minutes of them today earlier on um, but I do do the body test every day which weighs you does your BMI and lets you do like a little balance test which is fun I really find it fun I, I, I find it fun that I improve a little bit every time and then sometimes I'm so tired because I do it first thing in the morning well, the other day I had a massive headache and it really did mess with my balance I could not stand on the one foot for I did some yoga I can poses. barely stand on one foot I mean I can like today I did I was thinking oh I'm going to do this I do like 34 minutes of yoga poses so you can add like a list of them right and then you do them along and then you don't have to touch the remote and you do them along with her I've never done yoga before ever so I'm just learning who knows how accurate it is it must be they must have had done some research so I'm going to assume it's right it's proper yoga stuff yeah, but not... the standing on one leg when I had a headache honest I just couldn't even grasp it it was like I'd pick up my foot and be like, ugh. And then today, just fine. Standing on one leg's really hard for me. When it gives you this test where you have to stand on one leg for 30 seconds, I'm all over the place. It is in your mind, though. It's totally It is. You have to kind of zen out. Because if you're thinking about it, you can't hardly there's do one it. Where, there's one where it just says, okay, stand still for 30 <laughs> seconds, right? And then the, you can see on the screen your center of balance. It, it's, it's represented by a dot that moves as you move on the board now it says just stand still for 30 seconds that's harder than you would actually think if I say to you stand still for 30 seconds most people are probably thinking well that's not hard it is hard when it, it means still it, it means still it doesn't still, mean like, just stand there no swaying no nothing still and you don't even realise when you sway like I'm swaying right now yeah the board like picks that up the tiniest bit like, yeah. and it is very accurate I think oh it from is day, and we've done it like you said every day and I don't do the yoga stuff every day but I do find this thing we've talked about where I've discovered, you know, possibly why some people fail or succeed at these getting healthier or losing weight. You love all that shit with give me numbers, give me numbers, tell me how much I weigh, tell me what my BMI is. I hate that shit, right? I hate it. I am absolutely... I don't like achieving things. I don't care about getting better at things. I only care about how I feel when I'm doing it. You know, so when I go to the scale and I'm two pounds heavier in one day, it isn't. I'm not like you where I go, oh, I'm two pounds heavier. I'm like, fuck you. I'm not two pounds. How can I be two pounds heavier in one day and then go back on the next day and I'm two pounds lighter again? But am I? I mean, is it the gravitational pull of the earth? Did I eat two two pounds worth of shit that I haven't crapped out yet? So that stuff discourages me, absolutely. It encourages you to come on do it every day, which I don't mind to have you get a little stamp so you can do your thing every day because I like the balance test. And it's literally what three or four minutes yeah. out of your day to just to do, do your, the test. But I mean, the thing is, the point of that is to weigh yourself and to do. I like the balance tests. Yeah. I so do I don't care about the I'm doing better. Look at the number. Look at the balance because when you do the yoga things, it's really hard to stay balanced in the little circle. So I kind of gave up on that. I just sort of... Well, eventually, you but get more strength, But after 30 minutes of the yoga things, I'm sweaty. And I'm like, woo! And 
You know, you know, I think if people think, oh, I have to stand here and jog for 30 minutes or you don't lose weight or nothing's good for you unless you are like sweating it out and get your heart rate up. I mean, I understand that's probably part of it for real. But it I'm is, telling but you, movement or anything is better than nothing. But even yoga, I mean, you're not like pumping it, pumping it up. No, but, but you're when building you get in a muscles. pose and it wants you to stay there for 30 seconds, you are using muscles. every... Not just your muscles, like your mind and your spine and your everything to hold yourself there. And then when you can let go, you feel like, ugh, like your whole body just releases. It's just uh, Shigeru Miyamoto who created the game. He's the creator of Mario. His, because he's Japanese, his thing was that people just tend not to do stuff. So if it was made kind of like a game where it's fun, maybe people... Even if it was just the smallest of things, maybe they would do something, right? Mm-hmm. So his thing was to, like I say, I am motivated by like a trail yeah. of numbers or... A, you do like the, oh, look, I did half a second better than I did yesterday. Yeah, I love that, yeah. So while that doesn't work on you, it does work on a lot of people. And I think he did really well of... Because even if this game just makes you aware... Correct, that's what I'm going to say. Because the, the carrots don't... The carrot no. on a stick doesn't do me... What does do me is, it's uh, the atmosphere of it is nice. I like the the music that it has. The interface is really easy, and I'm not saying I wouldn't be motivated to do the the poses and stuff on my own, but I don't have a concept of time. Like I don't know, and I don't want to watch a clock for thirty seconds, right? And count for yeah, myself. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So when you're just listening to her voice. And you kind of has the sound of breathing, and it has like this big circle on the screen that goes in and out. And even if you're not looking, you can you get the vibe because she'll start to say, "And but you're you know." And um, I can focus on that much better than first of all. I don't want to go to a class and do it. I don't want to go around other people and do it. Doing it in my living room is awesome because I can stand there in my sports bra and my funny skirt <laughs> that you love so much that outfit, and just do it. And then you can see your, you can go through, there's a graph and you can see like, oh, my balance is getting better if you care about that or it's getting worse. I mean, there's loads of statistics in there. You can uh, measure your waist. Um, you can do the pedometer, like you said, if you have a pedometer, you I, I can have my, steps uh, you take a day. I figured out, I do 400 calories on the treadmill, so I figured out how many mets that was. Yeah, you can add that. You can and now add, I do add that every yeah, day. Yeah, you can yeah. say, I've done 20. I should do that today because I went to the pool in the morning and did I an found hour. If I say I've done one hour and five minutes of uh, how it thinks mm-hmm. walking or running is, it's the equivalent of 400 calories, which the, what is what the treadmill right. tells me. Because I do a faster walk than most people would. Right. So I figured out the Mets version of it. Okay. You know, so... Because they're... Yeah, so, so I So the use, calories it's telling you you're burning is not what you're really burning. Is that what you're saying? Because um, it tells you at the end of each workout you've burned those are right. calories. But the... The way... If I put... If I put in we Fit, I've done 30 minutes on the treadmill. It doesn't say how fast will you go in. Oh, yeah, yeah. It I just says, it. okay, you burned 130 calories. But right. no, I didn't. I burned 400 because I was doing it pretty fast. So... I figured out if I put one hour and five minutes, that comes out of 400 right. calories. Which So that's what I've been adding every day. So I was thinking the only thing it can add that would make you happy would be if you could put all your food in there too and have it all measured I like, out I like, for you. Have you seen in the, Wii, in the Wii Fit Plus? 
thing where when you've done your workouts and you've got your Wii Fit credits for the day, like say you did 30 minutes, you can click in there and it says foods and it goes, today you did 30 Wii Fit credits, that's as much as a donut. And it gives you a list of things oh, that that's no, as much as. So you can, then you can go, awesome, I'm going for a donut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> see, that's me. Yeah. I don't think, I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. like, this is the thing, I think I should do some book or write a book or do a seminar because I'm telling you, I figured out, you know, it's deeper than just saying to somebody exercise and eat better and you're going to lose weight. And why can't you just get off your lazy ass and do it? Because I am not motivated by results, by what you think of as results. You look at the scale because you want a number. You look at the clock because you want a time. You want to know everything's measured in the, not me at all. If I sit here and I'm feeling my stomach physically and feeling like my breasts or my chest or my Charming. back. <laughs> like I can feel my back and I've lost 52 pounds. So that is a measure. So do you not have a but fat back? More, oh, yes, I still have a fat back. Remember all the but I can feel my hips on behind me. Now, you could have never even told me that I've lost however many pounds or anything. And I can just feel different. I feel different when I put my feet up on my... And this isn't because of Wii Fit. No, no. I'm just saying, though, that no matter what you are, if you you like like you with the results and the numbers, I think that it's a good thing to motivate you every day. It's a good measure. And even if you're not, it's fun. And it gives you enough feedback so that you're not hammered down by all the data. I was going to say, if you don't even do the exercises and stuff, say you do exercises elsewhere like I do, the actual act of just weighing yourself on it is more fun than standing on the normal scale. Yeah, but that's not worth a hundred bucks. No, but it's like a. I think you, I think me learning yoga, even even if it's fundamental, is awesome. I think hundred bucks might be too much for the game anyway. Mm. I don't. I mean, it's a solid piece of equipment. It I is. Actually. I don't think it's worth a hundred dollars, but. Um, Although. I mean, fancy scales probably weigh 100 bucks that have internet access. You know, we've seen them online now where you can... It's got a Wi-Fi thing and it'll upload your... Yeah, they have one that... I use Daily Burn to um, log all my food and everything. And uh, there are scales now that upload straight to Daily Burn your weight. Which, to me... It's not 100% worth it because I can just weigh myself and, and enter it. Yeah, it's not yeah. exactly hard, you know? Yeah. But, you know, there are automatic scales now. But, but you yeah, can't lie. Those you are can't lie if you weigh yourself. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? No, I guess. I don't lie anyway. What's the point in lying? Oh, come on, babe. Loads of people are going to lie about Well, I'm, I'm not doing it lost. for anybody else, just for me. See, do you get what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, but you're, you're probably an exception. A lot of people do it for other people. Anyhow, we fit. You recommend it. I recommend it, but I don't know if I recommend it for 100 bucks unless you know you're going to be able to enjoy it, not just because it tells you all these results, but because, A, I never knew yoga. I don't want to go to a class. I don't want to leave my house to do it. But you could buy a yoga DVD also. Like, you don't get that feedback. You though, don't do you? get the feedback of the balance thing, which I find really interesting because I don't realize sometimes that when I'm doing a stretch or a thing that I'm just letting a whole half of my body go the wrong way. Or So that, to me, is a really good, like, gets in my mind. Keep Pay attention to have your fat foot flat. Don't let yourself your fat, lean fat, over. Flat. My fat foot flat. Don't lean that way. Or if you put your arms over here, you have to counterbalance yourself. Don't just lean over there. It and that's a, all part of some it. Some of the things are really clever use of the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really like the little games like the skiing and stuff. 
And you really do have to throw It's hard. I can't hard, some of them I can't hardly do. I did this segue today, and I, I mean, I got um, as many points as you, actually, my first try, but not that, I mean, it shows you each time, like, you go on and do your thing, then if I go on and do my thing, and at the end of each activity, it places you on a list of, like, top ranking scores, so shoot you right up there wherever, like, if I did better than you or whatever, so. Yeah. Which I find kind of funny. But I, I say... You know, it's one of those things. If somebody gets really excited and goes, yes, I'm going to do it every day, I'm going to do it every day, I'm going to lose 50 pounds, I don't think it'll work for you. If you've already been in and integrating some healthier things into your life and you want some variety, this definitely will give you some variety. There's all kinds of stuff you can do. If you end up doing 40 minutes of all these combined things, doesn't matter which things, at the end of that 40 minutes or half an hour, you're going to feel like, ooh, I did something, you know? And so I think... But, uh, and I think if you're the type of person who can get motivated by the numbers and mm-hmm. the graphs... and Exactly. It's a simple way of keeping a log of all that. Exactly. You know? I think it's either... I really do think either way. Yeah. Don't just use it as your starting point, though. Well, even if you're, even if you're aware that you put on 10 pounds this week, if you're just aware of that... Because some people... Might be trying to lose weight, but only weigh themselves every two months or whatever. Just to be aware makes you think, okay, I better. It was very discouraging. I hate that. Well, nobody's going to put on ten pounds unless they like. Yeah, but I'm saying that's me. If you tell me I've gained ten pounds when I think I haven't been gaining ten pounds, then I'll just give up. But it's not going to lie. You have gained. 10 I know pounds. that's what I'm saying, though. I'll give up. Right, right. So that kind of feedback I don't like. <laughs> it doesn't motivate me the way it motivates you. If it says, tells you you gained five pounds over a weekend or something, you'd be like, oh shit, I better run harder or longer. Uh, not me. I totally I'd would. be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to eat some cake because that's not me. You know, that does not motivate me. So it's a tricky thing, but I think it can, if you're at the right place in your mind and you're ready, I think it, I think it's a good thing. If you're willing to lay down some, don't let your kids jump on it though. It's not for jumping on. <laughs> no, you can't actually. No. In fact, they say no jumping on it. And you can't have a fluffy carpet. I have a board now that fits it. For the yoga part, I, I can see. Um, for the yoga part, I definitely like to be right in front of her. You don't care, but I do. So I have a board that I lay on the carpet, put it on top, and it's perfect. Um, yeah, it, do, it doesn't work on the thick carpet. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, if you weigh yourself on the thick carpet, it comes out about 5 to 10 pounds wrong. And doesn't it tell you as well? Like... Yeah, it says, like, I, I, I'm i not reading you properly. Please move to a hard surface. Right, right. So, yeah, you do have to... It does come with some feet that you can mm. stick on it. These rubber feet to make it rose up a bit. But they makes do you suggest wonder, though, you put it how, on Yeah, it makes you wonder how accurate it would be. But ours is very accurate because you weigh yourself on our scale and it's exactly the same. Yeah, it's I identical. weighed myself at the Y and it's exactly the same. So, I'm saying that's a, you know... And my other thing is Mother's Day it was yesterday. I wrote a thing about my mother, my experience as with my mother as my mother, because I have three siblings, so it's going to be different. And it's on my website, which is sidtalk.com, C-I-D-T-A-L-K, if you're and, interested. And I say, if you've got a mother, you know, you're lucky to have a mother around, because I never really had unless one. Unless she's really shitty. There are some really yeah, bad Yeah, unless she's really shitty, world. and then you could just... I read it. a lot of news. And there's a lot of women and fathers and mothers who are evil mofos. And they deserve to be... I have actually known some. 
in my life. Buried in a big hole altogether. Correct. Really horrible, wretched people. So just because it's Mother's Day and because you have doesn't mean had some humans squeezed out from your vaginal area does not mean you deserve a Mother's Day no, gift. No, probably from your vagina, not just the area. Probably vaginal came, area. Well, you've come out of, out of the uterus and the womb. You've come out of the vaginal, vaginal area. Or you may not. You may have been a C-section. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> You're yeah. not going to shoot out somebody's ear that I'm aware of. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And on that note... So, uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. I want to remind you, ascully.com, A-S-C-U-L-L-Y.com, SidTalk.com. You can tweet us, Twitter us, Twitter us up on twitter.com slash ascully, twitter.com slash SidTalk, facebook.com slash ascully, facebook.com slash SidTalk. Also, Facebook... You can look up after the show, and we have a group you can, mm. you can join. Um, We're both on YouTube as well. Both on YouTube, and you can all, you say YouTube, and I say YouTube. 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 Tube. Tube. <laughs> Harry uh, Potter. Harry Potter. It's funny, because it sounds like you say Harry Potter, and I looked up on Google. I said to you, no, it's not Harry Potter, it's Harry Potter. And then I looked up on Google, Harry Potter, and it was like... <laughs> This like hippie guy doing a pot, like spinning a wheel. Pottery, I'm yeah. spinning wheel, yeah. <laughs> and I said Harry Potter. <laughs> we were discussing the way we... I say Harry Potter, and that's how you say it. Harry. Harry Potter. So, um, <laughs> you can also catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, uh, the Zoom Marketplace, or go to the com. click on the word podcast, subscribe via RSS, which includes Google Reader or any other reader or podcatcher of your choice. You can email feedback to me at ascolyaxcully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. I won't even tell you our address. Um, and well, you go on YouTube, make me a friend, follow me, whatever. YouTube, I think, is a fun... I've found a lot of good things the last couple of days. I watch a lot. If you people haven't heard of YouTube. It's a, it's a crazy little website where people upload videos. I watch <laughs> so. more YouTube than TV, to be you honest. You do. So... I found I'm, loads I of cooking. Things. Loads of cooking, which is I find awesome. it highly entertaining, YouTube. You can thank YouTube... For your tofu burgers, because that's where I got the idea. So if they're terrible, I should go and uh, pull the plug on my It won't computer. be terrible. All right, so uh, I would say uh, stay classy, Michael Bay, and I'm looking forward to Transformers 3. Not really, kind of. <laughs> and I'm going to say think for yourself. If you don't do it, if you do not think for yourself, someone is already doing it for you.